the 2021 Innovative Technology Bubble is already on life support. When will the Federal Reserve pull the plug? No one said reopening would be cheap, Wells Fargo. It sounds insane but probably more than 20% of all the US currency in circulation in the entire world was printed in 2020. The reason? Simple, without a massive injection of liquidity into the banking system and support for the bond market, the banking system could have frozen up the way it did in 2008, potentially triggering one of the deepest depressions in history. The problem? We're not out of the woods yet. Even in the face of rapidly rising inflation, the Federal Reserve is afraid to withdraw stimulus. No one on the planet has any idea what this level of fiscal stimulus will do to the economy in the long run, because no one has ever seen this level of unprecedented stimulus. Apparently, without more data to confirm the economy can sustain its recovery, Jerome Powell seems paralyzed to act, even though he concedes he sees, some froth. This should worry investors, big time because recent history has demonstrated repeatedly, that the longer the Federal Reserve waits to pull the plug, the deeper the subsequent pullback in stocks, and innovative technology stocks in particular. This isn't the first time the Fed has miscalculated a fiscal response. Much like weather forecasts, central bankers are not very dependable when it comes to predicting the future. Even with all the technology, data, and experience at their disposal, central bankers have consistently guessed wrong, over and over again. When faced with a potential financial crisis, central bankers in recent years have consistently let the economy run way too hot, for way too long. For example, sometimes central bankers seriously underestimate the economic threat the way Ben Bernanke did in the lead-up to the Great Recession. Leading up to the 2008 crisis, Bernanke refused to cool the economy. Ben Bernanke, July 2005 Interviewer, Ben, there's been a lot of talk about a housing bubble, particularly, you know, inaudible, from all sorts of places. Can you give us your view as to whether or not there is a housing bubble out there? Bernanke, well, unquestionably, housing prices are up quite a bit, I think it's important to note that fundamentals are also very strong. We've got a growing economy, jobs, incomes. We've got very low mortgage rates. We've got demographics supporting housing growth. We've got restricted supply in some places. So it's certainly understandable that prices would go up some. I don't know whether prices are exactly where they should be, but I think it's fair to say that much of what's happened is supported by the strength of the economy. We all know how the housing bubble, subprime crisis, and subsequent stock market crash turned out in 2008. On the other hand, sometimes, central bankers overestimate the economic threat and pile on far too much stimulus, as Alan Greenspan did in his response to the Asian crisis. It is just not credible that the United States can remain an oasis of prosperity unaffected by a world that is experiencing greatly increased stress. Alan Greenspan, September of 1998 the Asian crisis started in Thailand in July of 1997. Thailand was unable to maintain the Thai baht pegged to the US dollar. The value of the Thai baht plummeted. The crisis spilled over in a domino effect across much of Southeast Asia. Even Japan experienced a slide in the value of the yen and private debt soared. 
Greenspan speculated the crisis would, sooner or later, spill over to the U.S. Greenspan preemptively raised the federal funds rate by 75 basis points between September and November of 1998, even though the economy was already extremely strong and unemployment was low. In response, the Nasdaq soared throughout 1998 and 1999 before crashing spectacularly in 2000. In their apparent zeal to avoid being connected with a recession, both Bernanke and Greenspan let the economy, inflation, and ultimately the stock market run way too hot. In both cases, the ultimate outcome was a serious stock market crash. Perhaps history will not repeat, perhaps this time, it's different. However, the insistence of Powell to not even think about tapering the current unprecedented stimulus feels all too familiar and according to a growing chorus of economists, feels all too much like a repeated mistake. Common Features of the Last Century's 10 Biggest Bubbles According to Ruchir Sharma, Chief Market Strategist at Morgan Stanley, bubble sectors or bubblets have started to burst all over the place. In his study of the 10 biggest bubbles over the last 100 years, Sharma tried to determine the common features. The common theme Sharma found that signaled the end of a bubble was an acceleration in the final year of a long-term bull trend in which prices typically increase 100% with most of the gains packed into the final months. Sharma noted the final stage of every rally includes frenzied, extremely speculative trading and mass retail participation as FOMO drags in the very least experienced investors. Cryptocurrencies, green technology, technology with no earnings, small cap tech, and SPACs have all increased 100%, or in some cases 1000%, and are already on their way back down. So, how do we know the bubble is over and the pullback isn't temporary? According to Sharma, 20-25% declines are somewhat normal in particularly volatile investments. However, a decline of 35% or more, usually signals the end of a bubble. All of the sectors mentioned above have declined 35% and in some cases, a lot more. How soon should investors jump back into these beaten-up sectors? According to Sharma, when a sector experiences spectacular speculative growth and a pullback exceeding 35%, typically these investments go on to decline as much as 70% from peak to trough over a period of two years. Greatest Speculative Bubble of All Time in All Things Michael Burry probably isn't a household name but he is pretty famous in financial circles. Burry accurately predicted the housing crash and subsequent Great Recession. He made billions for the investors in his hedge fund betting against the subprime mortgage mess. In his post-crisis analysis, Burry faulted regulators for failing to recognize their own confirmation bias when they refused to listen to warnings from outside a closed circle of advisors. On his now-deleted Twitter feed, Burry described the Federal Reserve as a misguided monster, for refusing to recognize impending signs of rapidly rising inflation, at least partially caused by supply shortages and hoarding. The Federal Reserve has continued to repeat that inflation pressures will likely be only transitory. However, Burry may be on to something. Take for example the current semiconductor shortage. In recent years, Semiconductor manufacturers made significant investments in building more advanced production lines capable of producing more expensive, higher-performance chips to pursue the growing AI and 5G markets. 
lower-end chips have become very commoditized making an investment in supply lines for these chips relatively unattractive. In an attempt to improve profitability, the entire industry has largely ignored building supply capacity for lower-end chips. Unfortunately, now that there has been a serious rebound in demand for all kinds of things that rely heavily on lower-performance chips, sticker prices on everything from smartphones to vehicles are being forced higher. Not only are the chips getting more expensive, the slowdowns on production lines of products that require these lower-performance chips are also adding to inflationary pressures in a domino-like effect. For example, the current chip crunch is expected to cost the automotive industry as much as $110 billion in lost revenue. Unfortunately, this production bottleneck cannot be solved quickly. Some chip manufacturers are trying to adapt new high-performance production lines to create lower production chips. Although this may help alleviate some of the problems, without new dedicated production lines, the chronic shortage of chips cannot be completely resolved. The Biden administration is talking about creating chips locally in the U.S. It's a great idea but it will take tens of billions of dollars in new investment and perhaps as much as a decade to get to mass production. With the current political gridlock, the Biden administration is facing from Republicans, it's hard to imagine how this plan will ever come to fruition. China has worked for years trying to build enough production to avoid having to import chips. So far, no dice. Chinese companies are reportedly hoarding as much supply as they can. Semiconductor manufacturers are also looking to build new supply lines. However, this too will cost billions in new investment and perhaps a couple of years to get up to full capacity. Undoubtedly, semiconductor manufacturers must be leery of making such large investments if it turns out demand is only transitory. And this is only one key industry under long-term inflationary pressure. Final thoughts. I don't believe inflation is going to be transitory. If salaries start rising, and it seems like they already are at the lower end of the salary range, North America could easily fall into a stubborn wage price spiral. I think we've already seen the peak of speculation for this bull market cycle. I think the paper hands are already out and the diamond hands are finding it more and more difficult to explain to their wives why they keep losing money. I think the Federal Reserve has proven over and over again, they always err on the side of too much stimulus in order to avoid recession. Unfortunately, this seems to always result in a stock market crash when the Federal Reserve tries to take any of the stock market steroids away. I predict two potential future scenarios. The Federal Reserve is forced to finally recognize inflation isn't transitory and raise interest rates in late 2021 or early 2022 causing innovative technology stocks to suffer a full-blown crash. The Federal Reserve decides a free market where fair price discovery for stocks is so last century and begins buying stock ETFs hand over fist the way the Bank of Japan continues to do to prop up a highly overvalued stock market. Either way, I don't think 2022 is going to look very pretty. Disclosure, please seek professional advice before making any investment decisions.